1: Will Colorado exceed a win total of three and a half? And we're going to talk to the 2024 quarterback commit for the Ohio State University. Let's go. It's the number one college football show. What's up, kid, folks Welcome to the number one college football show. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your to podcast. Today on the show, we're going to talk about Colorado. Can it exceed a three and a half win total, which I think seems low, but we'll talk about why that might not be true. We're also going to talk with 2024 Ohio State quarterback commit Aaron Nolan about why he chose Ohio State, this rumor about him decommitting, and would he be interested in a pitcher's duel against Dylan Rayola in a Georgia state championship. Very excited about that. So let's get started right away with the coach prime segment. You know how much I love a coach prime segment here on the number one college football show. So the over under that I learned from producer Tyler for Colorado's wins this year are three and a half. And I thought that was ridiculously low because as I have said, when people say, Hey, RJ, how many games do you think Colorado is going to win in 2023? I say Texas Christian went five and seven in 2021. Texas Christian finished as the national championship runner up in 2022. So, what are we actually talking about here? You know what I'm saying? Like, if Texas Christian can fly, why can't Ralphie fly? If the Horned Frogs can make it to the national championship game, why am I not so surprised that Colorado could win four football games? All right. And it's not just because. I believe in Coach Prime, though I have every reason to believe in Coach Prime. 27-6 and in his first two and a half years as a head coach, he won two conference championships. He also played in the Black College Football National Championship game twice in a row. And oh, by the way, he got duved at the skill positions. Shador Sanders, I'm going to keep saying it. He is one of three players last year who threw for 3,500 yards or more, 40 TDs, and fewer than six interceptions. The other two players, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. Oh, by the way, number two overall pick in this last year's NFL draft. The other one, Caleb Williams at USC, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. And yet y'all want to doubt Shadur Sanders, who, by the way, is about his business. This is a man who has tunnel vision about playing football. It is kind of eerie to see because there has been no quarterback that I have seen in recent memory. Who has been so straight-nosed about wanting to win football games, as this man has, with everybody wanting his attention? Real low-key, a real old soul, and I think the perfect dude to lead Colorado to places Colorado ain't been basically since the mid-90s when Cordell Stewart was quarterback there. All right. Other part about that is Travis Hunter's gonna be going both ways. All right. Uh Travis Hunter, you don't remember number one player in the 2022 class, all right? And also went both ways to Jackson State and had one of the best catches anybody had in 2022 from Shador Sanders. And then on defense, he's going to be joined by the number one cornerback in the 2023 class, in Cormani McClain. So that's your two bookends. And then Charles Kelly is calling your defense. Charles Kelly's fifth back coach at Alabama, Knows a thing or two about not just defense, but winning national championships, which is the ultimate goal of one Colorado. Oh, yeah. On the offensive side of the ball, they got Sean Elliott. Excuse me, Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott. Doing, uh, excuse me, Sean Lewis. I keep saying Sean Elliott like he's Dallas Maverick. Sean Lewis be leading their offense. I think I'm getting it confused because, well, offense and offense. But you get what I'm saying here. Sean Lewis is going to have them ready to roll. And I think it's apt to say what he's been saying. That offense is going to go fast. It's going to be like riding a bicycle down a volcano. You don't have time to stop. You just got to keep pedaling and you got to keep up. He said, we're going to make them elite problem solvers, which I really love because that means that you're not running a route. You're running a concept. That means you're running to open grass. That means you're on the same wavelength as the quarterback. The quarterback knows you're not going to sit down here. He knows you're going to run through it. That is the stuff that makes offenses sing. That is the stuff that has you putting up 40 points a game and they gotten better on the offensive and defensive line. Like I have been privy to some of the conversations that have been going on around uh, Colorado and what his trenches are going to look like. And they feel real good about it. They like who they have brought in. They like who they have from a depth standpoint. And you're going to see a lot of moving and shaking a preseason camp, but that's not going to be any different than anybody else's preseason camp. And they're going to be ready to roll come September 2nd, when they go to Texas Christian to play their first game of the season, which is where we pick up this three and a half win total. So I'm looking at schedule right quick, Right. And I already got Texas Christian over here as a game that they can win. Why is it a game they can win? Because everybody who's capable of beating Texas Christian last year, just not everybody did it, okay? Dylan Gabriel got knocked out in a game where Texas Christian ultimately shut the door on Oklahoma, right? Texas Christian had to run fire drill to beat Baylor, who was nothing like a national championship caliber football team last year. Texas Christian also took an L to the reigning Big 12 champs, I might add, in Kansas State. They happened to get into the college football playoff where many thought Michigan was going to pound them into the ground, and they put up 51 on Michigan to get into the national championship game. It's a great football team. It's a great football team because not even the best quarterback was the guy starting, and Max Duggan was a Heisman finalist. Okay? Chandler Morris is there. They get changed off its coordinator, though, and that's an opening because Kendall Briles is going to be basically on the same footing as Sean Lewis. And then you're talking about two outstanding defensive coordinators and Joe Gillespie, who you know I think the world of, and Charles Kelly, who's one of the best recruiters in college football today. So that's a game I think they can win. Another game that I think they can win is the next one on the schedule, Nebraska at home. Nebraska is right where Colorado is. New head coach, new program, rebuilding. You're going to be in your week two of the Matt Rule experience like he's going to be in the week two coach prime experience. And you got that game at home. And for the first time in perhaps two decades, Colorado's going to have a real home field advantage because that's going to be the first home game that Coach Prime gets to roam the sidelines for, and it's already sold out. They are setting records, not just for the attendance at Folsom, but for the merchandise that is being sold at Colorado. They are making money hand over fist over there, and they haven't even played a football game. You don't think they're going to be raucous and rowdy when Nebraska comes to town? I guarantee you they will, and it's a game that they can win. Next one on the schedule, Colorado State. They get them at home. Colorado State is not necessarily, let's say, Michigan, like who Colorado had to stay and play off the road last year. It's an in-state rival. It's one that you're going to want to get up for. The Rams probably feel some kind of way about Colorado getting all of this exposure as Colorado State, basically been a better football program the last three, four years. Okay, I think that you're going to see the Buffalo rise to the occasion against the Rams. Also, a, a Ram versus a Buffalo is actually a, a fist fight that I... I I find entertaining. I want to see that. So let's see what Ralphie can do against the Rams. So that's perhaps three wins already in the first three weeks of the season. Perhaps I think more of Texas Christian than you do, right? But if if I really want to get at this and say, okay, let's make Texas Christian a loss just for the sake of argument. You get Stanford at home on October 13th. Now, not for nothing. But Stanford's crowned achievement last year was beating up a Notre Dame team that they had no business beating up on. And then David Shaw walked out the door. He said, enough. I'm done. I'm taking a break from being head coach, football, or director of football at Stanford, because you ain't got you ain't got no head coach at, at Stanford. Because, you know, Stanford, they have Luton. They got a new head coach. They're in a new part of their journey, just like Colorado. So it's going to be, do you have dudes at, at Stanford in year one? knowing how hard it is to get dudes in the door at Stanford, period. The reason they cling to Andrew Luck is because they don't offer but 40 dudes a year. So you got to make sure that those 40 dudes can play. And if you miss on even one, good luck, right? Whereas I expect the dudes that Prime has been pulling out of the portal are chomping at the bit to go beat up on almost anybody, right? And I think they're going to come out with a talent advantage. And then we'll see about how they develop, how they make adjustments given injuries, given some of the things that happened during the course of the season. But I think that's also a game they can win. And that's four wins before you get to the eighth, seventh game of the season, right? Now, I think it's going to be tricky when you go to Oregon. It's going to be tricky when you get Southern California at home. It's going to be, I think, a game you can win against Arizona State. Like, I can make myself feel good about eight wins on the schedule already, right? I can make myself feel good about that. If they are as good as their potential says they are, I can see them playing in a Pac-12 championship game. That's not hard for me, but it's not hard for me because I've been a part of the prime experience since, you know, man became a head coach. Okay. Uh, I've been here for it. I knew what Jackson State was before he got there. And I know what Jackson State is when he left. I have no reason to believe that he can't do the same damn thing in Colorado. And for the folks that genuinely believe that somehow the one of the most singular figures in sporting history can't do what he has been doing all his life. I tell you. He is singular. He is one of the five best athletes this country's ever produced. So why is it shocking to you that he's already become one of the better football coaches this country has ever produced? Ain't nobody else show up at Jackson State when he did. Why wouldn't he show up in Colorado and break new ground? So, yeah, I'm taking the over on three and a half for Colorado in 2023. Okay, let's go from that to a discussion with Ohio State quarterback commit Air Nolan, who gets into being left-handed, committing to Ohio State, people saying he's gonna decommit from Ohio State, and the idea playing against Dylan Rayola in a state playoff game in the state of Georgia. Take a listen. I'm pleased to be joined by 2024 Ohio State quarterback commit Prentice, Air Nolan. Air, how you doing, money?
0: I'm doing good, man. How about yourself?
1: I'm good, bro. Uh, I'm excited to talk with you because, well, the headline is you committed to Ohio State. So I want to know, why did you decide to flip the switch in April and commit to Ohio State?
0: Ohio State, you know, Ohio State was the best choice for me. Uh, on and off the field, uh, developed me as a young man. Uh, I just felt like Ohio State was the best fit out of the other seven choices I had. Uh, Ohio State not only fit me on and off the field, but it fit me from an offensive standpoint. and fit me from uh, meeting the coaches, a relationship standpoint. Uh, my family felt very comfortable with them, and felt very comfortable with me. So why not Ohio State?
1: Hey, well, I mean, you could you could pick worse places, that's for sure. But you also mentioned there were other places you had to pick from. So who was right. nipping at your heels before you decided to go to Ohio State with that commitment?
0: Uh, Miami, Alabama, and them, and Arkansas.
1: Wow, and you were uh, entertaining one more than the other.
0: Uh it was between Bama and Ohio State.
1: Okay, uh, and Ohio State separated themselves. In what way to you, and then in what way to your parents? Uh,
0: like I said, them being comfortable first off, and then just talking with the head coach, uh, Coach Ryan Day. He really uh, topped it off with a with a great with a great day, with a great two days when I visited Ohio State. So uh, talking to Ryan Day, he just sounded like he wanted to develop me more. He sounded like he had more, you know, opportunities and you know, uh, chances with getting me to the next level, with the NFL.
1: So since then, you've probably seen how. Ohio State fans get down, they get behind theirs, but right. they also seem to be just a little uptight about this rumor about you perhaps, I don't know, decommitting. This get to you.
0: Man, man, that's that that's that's a no-go, man. Me, me and my guy, me and my guy, uh Coach Dennis, uh, Coach Hartline, uh Coach Ron, they know they know I'm locked in. They know uh, all the commits that we have right now are locked in. So, you know, if you're a buckeye, you're 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 always a Buckeye. there's no decommitting and flipping. You're truly a bunker.
1: Well, I mean, hey, look, first, thank you for squashing it. Second, you know, they, they, they've they been burned 2024 once already, right? In addition to, it's kind of becoming a quarterback university in a way that they haven't seen in the last, well, basically since Dwayne Haskins, right? So we're talking about the last five years that Ohio State has been very good at developing quarterbacks. And then I look at you at Langston Hughes, and you throw up a 4,000, you're putting up 55 TDs, you got four INTs. When did you first get wind that Ohio State was interested in you as a possible quarterback commit?
0: I would say uh during the season uh around October. Around October, they started getting serious about me and started recruiting me very heavy. And I just saw how very consistent I was and very efficient I was throughout, you know, those 15 games. And you know, not only that, but we also had a tough schedule. So a lot of people had a lot of eyes on not only me, but the entire team. But Ohio State, uh around October, I would say they started to put their hands on. Me. I mean,
1: 792 points, Mary, right? you up there with that Georgia State record is it's really difficult not to see what you're doing, but I'm also looking at that offense, and it feels like from your highlight tape, which is like 17 minutes long, dog, like you got a 17-minute highlight tape, you you cut that in 3 parts, side, okay? But y'all slinging it, right? But that's not what the offense is. Describe to me what offense you're running in Langston Hughes.
0: Uh, we have a balanced offense, so, you know, uh, we're going to uh, pick the defense, and uh let them make a choice for us so if they want to go one high you know we're going to throw the ball all night if they want to go two high we're going to run the ball so you know we have a great offensive scheme but uh, on any given night we could throw bombs all night and on any given night we can run the ball down your throat
1: so you also got a homie that's playing tight end Ohio State that you played with at right. Langston Hughes right correct okay uh tell me about your kinship with uh remind me his name
0: Jelani Tank Thurman.
1: Thank you. See, I know about his mama. I don't know, about it, but apparently his daddy could ball too. So yeah. what is that relationship you have with Jelani? Uh, it's
0: very tight, man. Me and him okay. I always joke around and tell jokes about each other or whatnot. Uh, you know, me and him hang out a lot uh, outside of football. So, you know, me, me and his chemistry, uh, not only is tight on the field, but also off the field. But me and him, uh, we bond like no other. So he had a hand in getting
1: you to commit to go to Columbus, Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. So you already yep. got that kinship. And one of the things that I like to really harp on, especially here of late, is if dudes have been playing with each other in high school, get them to play to each other in college, get them to play with each other in the NFL. Joe Burrow, right. Jamar Chase, right? Now right now, Kyle McCord is trying to win the job after having won the job in high school, throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. So my yep. question for you is how important it is for how important is it for you? to have a kinship with somebody that was catching passes from you in high school in college.
0: You know, uh, everybody, everybody doesn't have the same uh, colleges they go to or high school they go to. But, you know, when it happens, you guys make the same choice. Uh, it's, it's like a dream come true, really. You guys know uh, what to do and what not to do together. So, uh, you know, not only on the field, but also off the field. So, you know, it works hand in hand, makes you very comfortable with your receiver, makes you very comfortable with the play call. And then, you know, you got a buddy of you, or whatnot, uh, right beside you. So, you know, if anything go wrong, you know, you could just chop it over him and talk to him about it. That's what's up. So, on top of that, you setting these records and
1: you you running this offense in Langston Hughes, being left-handed. And the thing about that that really gets under my skin is people say left-handed like it's some sort of a defect. Like it's some, <laughs> something wrong with a quarterback just left-handed. i would be looking at all these other quarterbacks to be out here wilding that are left-handed. So, does that ever get to you? Does somebody ever say, yeah, but he left-handed? Uh,
0: I, uh, you know, it's something I have to deal with my whole life. Uh, so, uh, of course, it doesn't get to me. Uh, of course, I'm used to it. But, uh, you know, I think, like you said, just because you're left-handed doesn't make you different. The ball may look different coming out your hands. Uh, it may look, may look more prettier or whatnot. But uh, it's nothing different. We can do anything right-handed. A right-handed could do it, but not better.
1: So, the real reason I think many coaches get behind is they got to flip the offensive line around, right? Your, your left tackle becomes your right tackle because you're trying to protect your blind side. How yeah. has that, or has it been an issue for your offensive line at Langston Hughes?
0: Oh, no, not an issue at all. I had an offensive lineman that went to Georgia, uh, and I got an offensive lineman right now that's committed to uh, Alabama. So, you know, my offensive lineman has been, you know, versatile throughout all my, you know, my ninth grade year to my junior year. So I think uh, no no issue there. My offensive line been blessed enough to get those big six seven six six kids and, you know, having them block for me and my running back. So thank God. About to
1: say, man, y'all be large and in charge. And now you mentioned you had offensive lineman uh, at Georgia, right? Offensive is at Georgia. He's Well, he's going to be joined there by a dude right. that just moved in to Georgia, going to play a Buford dude by the name of Dylan Rayola, who was once right. committed to Ohio State, now committed to Georgia, right? And a dude that you might get to see in a state championship playoff type of atmosphere. Is that something you would be looking forward
0: to? Oh, man, I would love to play one guy, Dylan. Uh, in the championship a playoff game regular season game it doesn't matter in my backyard <laughs> it doesn't matter but uh yeah me and me and him bond very well I got a chance to meet with him and talk with him and chop it up with him and uh get to know about him more at the elite 11 in la and uh just uh knowing, knowing how competitive he is uh you know he's 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 staying behind his business he's standing ten toes about being no more recruit or no more player in the country so uh you know it's a lot of respect for him there and uh i think uh Dylan's just Much as a competitor just as me, so we would love to make that happen. Now that's
1: what's up, and I really enjoyed hearing about how y'all were getting along at Elite Eleven, which you know was the camp for the top prospects in the 2024 class. I would be remiss if I did not ask you to tell folks the story about why you go by Air and who Mm -hmm. gave you that name.
0: Oh yeah, why I go by Air is because you know I got a strong arm, I can throw the ball. Now, (laughs) Uh, why I go by Air is because of my dad. Uh, My dad. My dad was named Air in high school. They used to call him Air Jordan because mm-hmm. he used to wear the little calf sleeves like Michael Jordan, had the ball head, wore number 23, and, uh, you know, had uh, Jordans on. So uh, they used to call him Air Jordan, and that was his nickname. And he, he used to tell him just call me Air instead so he won't be popularized, <laughs> as, you know, Michael Jordan. But that was his nickname in high school. And then, you know, when I was getting born and whatnot, he had actually put it on our birth certificate and named me Air. So, you know, my name ended up being Princess Air which is his name is Princess Nolan. Mine just has the nickname. Well, not the nickname, that's my middle name, which is about to say that's your that's that's your your legal. So yeah, it's that's not a nickname,
1: It's <laughs> your name. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. You know what? Is in my it, look, I thought it was an air quotes, but it's not, right? It's just your middle name. And not for nothing, but I know a, a couple of apprentices that could play too. Like I, I, I ain't nothing to sneeze at neither. I know it's I know it's a little bit of a nerd name and I get that, right. but ain't. I know some apprentices that could ball. Uh, last one for you on the way out here. What do you expect from your senior season, knowing that you committed to Ohio State and knowing that, frankly, other programs are going to know that you committed to Ohio State? All
0: right. Uh, at this point, the standard is a standard. Uh, that's what we've been preaching coming into the season with some workouts and now with, you know, spring ball ending uh, about a month ago. So, you know, the standard is the standard. And, you know, not only me. <laughs> But everybody has to live up to it. Uh, not only me, my offensive line, my running back, my defense, my receivers, you know, my coaches. Everybody has to live up to the standard and be on the A game because, you know, coming off the 15-0 season, everybody's uh, going to want to hunt us. Like, we are the hunting now. Used to be the hunter. So now it's now it's about keeping everybody else off our shoulders and uh, taking it game by game going
1: 1-0. Yeah, man, it's one thing to storm the castle, but now can you defend it? And you know what? I'm excited. To see what you got in store for 2023. It feels like your year, Aaron Nolan. Hey, that's what's up. Aaron Nolan, thank you so much for joining us here on the number one college football show. I hope to talk to you soon, bro. My thanks once again to Aaron Nolan for taking time to chat with us here on the number one college football show. Really enjoyed that interview. It is the second of many that I will be performing throughout the month of July. Right now, talking to folks at Big 12 Media Day, can't wait to see what Coach Sark and Coach Venables have to say about their last year in the Big 12, and we can't wait to give that to you in the following week, which we'll release those beginning next Wednesday. Be on the lookout for those. Be on the lookout for interviews from Pac-12 Media Day and Big 10 Media Days to come. It's a loaded month of July. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of the number one college football show. My thanks as always to our lead producer, Tyler Wojak. Our senior producer is Katherine Donnelly. Our director is Kyle Holly. Our social media maven is JV Duncan. Our production assistant is Kiara Santana. Our leads of screening are Jack Coakley and Tawarn Westfall. I'm the host, RJ. We will see y'all next Wednesday. Yes.